Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 16. Um, and for the first time ever, we're recording in the morning with coffee, not in the evening with wine or anything else. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um Last episode, we talked a little bit about confidence and what that looks like and how we would feel about exposing ourselves in various Olympic athletic attire, knowing that billions of people were watching. And so this episode, we're going to take a little dive into, I guess, like how social media and apps and what we're seeing could actually potentially completely destroy your confidence <laughs> and then hopefully also some things that can can help rebuild it or reframe yeah. our relationship with social media um so rachel follows a lady meg boggs meg boggs yeah and we were just looking through her post she's um a fitness influencer I guess I always, I never know quite know how these people, definitely like a body positive influencer. Um, She does have a fitness book called Fitness for Everybody um, and and does a lot of partnerships. Yeah, so she posted a question, was it, if nobody was ever going to see your photos, would you edit them? Would you still edit them? Yeah, so if you never posted them for public consumption, would you still want to edit your own pictures to look a certain way? And I kind of started to think about this because I was recently watching some um, stuff online. I'm going to reference a beast to beast again. And he was showing some video about how one of the Kardashians, I think Kendall, the one that's a supermodel, um, had recently posted some video of herself posing in either, it's either bikini or underwear. Um, and you see a slight glitch in the video which clearly shows that she had used some kind of an app to shave inches off of an already tiny waist. And it kind of got me thinking about like how, how many images do we look at on social media, especially again, like I can't talk from a male perspective and I don't know how rampant like body adjustments or photo editing or video editing is in the world of men yeah um but certainly for females it got me wondering like how many photos that show up on my social media or videos now are anywhere close to real yeah or in their own format because like i mean i know that our social media we've talked about how we curate social media feeds in the past and certainly in mine like there's a lot of athletes but there's also a lot of people randomly and i don't know what algorithm is sending me this but (laughs) people who are showing up with tiny waists and Jessica Rabbit style backsides and just like physiques that... Which decade was the Jessica Rabbit one the ideal? Oh, it was early 1900s. Yeah, okay. (laughs) But uh, yeah, like shape, like women's body shapes that I have never seen anywhere in real life. Interesting. And I've traveled all over the world 
bumped into all sorts of different people, been to all sorts of different gyms and, and bars and restaurants and like shopping malls, and I've never seen people this shape before. So I was like, and they're huh. and they're recently showing up in your social media feed. Yeah, well, just you know, it's probably the like growing trend yeah. of like images and videos of, and I, and I look at this because you know, I'm a CrossFit trainer, like I've trained people in fitness, and you know, people come in often kind of with like, I I know I've actually bought one into the gym, but I'm sure people have created even like a mental kind of dream board or vision board of like. This is what I want to look like. Yeah. Based off of body shapes and like face shapes that just simply don't even exist without computer enhancement. And I was always aware, like, you know, face tune. Like, all you got to do is like Google, of course, Google, uh, Google like facial editing apps or whatever, or like body editing apps. And there's, a, there's handfuls and handfuls. Yeah. And then I recently realized because of this. Um, a beast to beast post that actually people can now edit video of themselves, but quite often these videos glitch and then you can kind of pick up on the background when things look a little distorted that what you're looking at is nowhere near the truth. And I saw somewhere else as well this like article on an influencer, and she in all of her her Instagram feed is just like all of these photos that are you know clearly perfection like this wonderful lifestyle and not a hair is ever out of place and again she's got one of these like big boobs tiny ways big butt but not a hint of cellulite <laughs> nothing is asymmetric or uneven everything looks perfectly perfect but then they actually revealed the reality like kind of a behind the scenes for, for oh, one of the photo yeah. shoots and her waist was not that size. And she has her cellulite. Her boobs were not that perfect. Wow. And her thighs were absolutely adorned in cellulite. Huh. I mean, that's a, that's a weird thing to me about this, is that, you know, these kinds of... I mean, I'm not surprised at all about the Kardashian thing, right? Because I think for years that, that family probably has been, uh, yeah, kind of in, involved in things like that, kind of representation on social media that doesn't really reflect reality. But it used to be that only professional photographers did this, right? I mean, back in the day, the scandals was, you know, it was always around um, magazines, right? And realizing how many magazine covers and the ads you see in magazines are professionally altered. But now you're saying basically everybody has access to these things. So yeah. normal people can achieve that same level of fraud, <laughs> I guess, right? Because that's what it is. It's like a lie that you're putting out there. Um that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think I can't remember. I feel like I've downloaded Facetune. Have you ever? Have you ever? I was gonna say, I, I have don't you ever use. Well, that? I remember. So this is. I mean, I'll. Yeah, I, I, I won't. I won't name my colleague, but it came up at like a work event or something. She posted a photo. She's she's a bit older than I am. We were posting something at one of our work events, um, and she was like, "Oh, hold on, let me Facetune it." And I was like, "What?" And she put this filter on, and all of a sudden, it was like you know, we all had less wrinkles. There were no crow's feet. It, like, sh it kind of blurred the corners of your eyes and, like, around your mouth. And I was like, wow, I had no idea that was a thing. So I think that was Facetune. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll never use that. And I probably never thought about it again. But even just now while we're talking, I was like, wait, I think I have that filter on Zoom. So the difference, like, 
Zoom is for a anybody video who's filter. kind of thinking. Well, you know, you could just take an Instagram story and apply a filter to it. Yeah. But what you'll know, what you notice with an Instagram story, if you apply a filter in the top, it actually says like It'll the name say, of the filter. Yeah. If you use a lot of these apps, I think like Facetune and the one million others, you it can doesn't... get your hand on. There's no <sighs> reference in your picture or video that. This is actually so Instagram outs you. It lets people know you've yeah. Used if you're using one available kind of through Instagram, then you oh. know it says this filter or whatever at the top. So it's kind of like I posted one recently. There's the the filter on Instagram where it looks like you've had gigantic lip injections and like face injections. It oh look, my god, makes you look ridiculous. It's kind of funny. <laughs> but I posted. Right, a I picture. thought it was like make me look like a unicorn. I thought it was like that kind of. No, filter. it looks like you've gone to town with lip filler, and I, I actually took a picture of myself, used that filter on my Instagram story. And somebody I know who like obviously didn't realize, didn't read the filter that had been applied, plastic surgery, replied and was like, oh my gosh, what did you do? And I was like, whoa, whoa, All I did was use a filter, I promise. It's just a Um, filter. But if I had done it through one of these apps and mm -hmm. just posted it, then there's there's no reference to any filter there. So people can just be like, oh, oh, that's, that's what she looked like now. And it's kind of wild to think, like, how... I mean, have you ever... We're getting older. We look in the mirror and, you know, like, maybe things aren't... You know, you've got some, like, discoloration in your face. I don't know how you put it. Like, sun damage or redness or just, like, imperfections in your skin. Do you find yourself looking in the mirror and be like, oh, this should be smoother or this is not how people look these days. I need to tighten this up or have this procedure or... I mean, definitely. I mean, I right. We've talked about this. How vanity is such a. I mean, it's a pretty common trait, um, and I definitely have some vanity. Um, but it's interesting. I don't think I've ever thought, oh, I should fix this using a filter on a camera, right? Like, I think it's like, oh, I should step up my use of like retinol and some face products, or I should go back and do like IPL photo facials or something, right? Like, I think of like technology but not photographic technology it's kind of interesting you mentioned about your colleague because somebody that i used to work with i hadn't i've never met him in person but his photo that he has like on his profile or had on his profile at work was clearly a professional photo that had Mm -hmm. been like you know maybe a little retouched like nice lighting all the rest of its skin looked super smooth and then i actually met him on um, a Zoom call, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, doesn't look at all like that." Oh, okay, nothing. Li- I mean, like obviously huh. you could tell it was the same person, but like the skin texture entirely different, and like the oh. that perfect angle and the perfect lighting, which like lit up the features just how you want. When that's yeah. not there, I was like, "Wow." Well, I mean, I guess that's true, right? We, we've talked before about you, your husband and professional photography and all the kinds of things you can, like, touch up. And I guess that's true. I've had professional headshots done by him and by other photographers. And um, some of them are very uh, real. Like, I, I remember one that was outside in the bright sunlight, and I've never seen my crow's feet when smiling quite in quite such stark definition I guess but then he did he applied like a little filter and I think it was just it actually was just um, like portrait mode Mm -hmm. on the iPhone I think Um, and even just that like you know almost instantly kind of blurred some of the little wrinkles 
Um, so I, I guess I definitely have some headshots probably that I use professionally that are touched up in some way. Do you ever think like if somebody kind of sees an online profile of you where you've used a professional touched up like nice looking photo where there's not really any imperfections do you ever think when this person meets me in person they're gonna be like i mean i don't know like (laughs) right i mean you you just you just said you had that reaction with someone right like where you were like whoa and and i mean i guess i i certainly hope not right we don't in, in an ideal world no one is uh especially no one we work with i would think should or would have like expectations of what you look like. Right. I mean, because I, I feel like if you're in a space, like you're a model or you're, you know, somehow a celebrity that plays in more, I certainly hope the people I randomly work with in the nonprofit sector have like expectations of what I should look like. Um, I mean, they might, I'm, I am in the world of fundraising and there's a certain level of presentation, right? Like you're, you're kind of schmoozing with donors or stuff like that. So I mean, looking professional does involve, um, right? I mean, there's a reason I get my hair, like, well, pre, post-pandemic now, because I ha- didn't get my hair done for like over a year and a half. Um, but right, so there's an expectation that I get like my roots dyed so more regularly because I want to look professional. Really interesting. During the pandemic, you said you didn't get your hair dyed, you didn't get a haircut, I mean, well, yeah, my my partner cut well, my hair once. Yeah, not like a not like a professional. <laughs> not a professional. Thing. I totally. So you yeah. do that, yeah, because of presentation for other people. So that how, the way you are viewed and seen, particularly in your professional world, like the whole way through the pandemic, I got my hair done whenever I could. Yeah, I yeah. kept it up. Like I put like I I went through a phase like about six months where I decided I wasn't gonna wear mascara every day, mm-hmm. and then I was like, nope, I need to do it just for me because like everything yeah. I do, yeah. everything every indulgent you could say quote unquote indulgent like beauty thing from hair mm-hmm. face whatever I do, I do it specifically for me. Yeah, I know it's true. I've with a been... view of like, yeah, how does somebody else see me? I do it so that when I look at myself, I'm like, cool. Yeah. And it's true. I've never, my hair, I've always been way less attached to my hair. But once I started going much more gray, I did feel like, okay, for myself and for others, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to. But I think because the pandemic, I just, my hair was in a ponytail for like 15 months. <laughs> and I was only ever seeing people on Zoom. I honestly, I didn't, I just, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You were, I saw you more often than anyone else probably. And like going to the gym, I, I don't think anyone minded my ridiculous hair that was like four shades of not cool ombre from gray to like old dye colors. Um, but, but did you feel during that time where you were like, probably got to a point, like I know even with my hair, like the longest I went without getting it done was like probably in the early stages when I had to take my own hair extensions out which didn't right. go so well yes. <laughs> and then like had to wait like maybe an additional month or two on top of my usual dying schedule mm-hmm. because we couldn't do anything um but I was like oh god I just want to hide because I don't like what I see for myself but were you kind of like, this is liberating. I don't care. Bring out the greys. Yeah. As long as only yeah, yeah, see as long me. as only I see them. Um, it, I mean, I don't know if it was even that conscious. I think I was just sort of happy to not have to worry about it. 
because I think that's also it too, right? And and I probably didn't realize how much um, other people's expectations maybe influenced that before. And so with the pandemic, I was like, cool, this is just yet another thing I don't have to worry about. Um, so I guess like this is what what we would what we do in terms of like hair dye and like any kind of medical spa for our faces anything like that like even down to products and makeup and mascara Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff it's like the first stage of filtering it is we're applying a filter to ourselves because i certainly don't present myself i mean like you're sitting in front of me about as like raw as anybody will ever see me right. because I'm like hair big mess no makeup on my face yeah probably she is not wearing mascara right now I look a little you. bit like one of those trolls from the film I just need a different color hair <laughs> to really like fit in there but like to the I definitely on a regular basis like completely apply a filter to myself in terms of yeah what I put on my face the hair dye to hide the grays the hair extensions to hide the lack of hair <laughs> right right cetera, that's true hair has hair has been a different journey for you and right? like... as far as filters go i mean yes i have some really nice um uh photos from dave where i'm like oh right. look at that that looks yes that's very being married lighting. to a professional photographer um, must be fabulous in that but sense. in terms of like my image on social media like Filtering has only ever gone as far as a little tweaking on Instagram or fun filter like the big giant lips. Right, fun like, filter like, yeah, applying I've a unicorn never horn to your once, forehead. I've like, like, tried to make my boobs bigger, my chin smaller, my waist tiny. Hold on, I have to challenge that quickly. Didn't y'all do a Christmas photo shoot once where you had him give you boobs? Oh no, that was like a, <laughs> that was like a highly, some like, he was doing some like... Uh, photography in the gym for like this uh, brand and just for for fun like at home I was like hey can you make can, can you change things let me and, see what I would look like if I had he, yeah. he was like oh yeah and like he made my boobs bigger and it looked really weird <laughs> but I don't like I wouldn't think I mean like I don't know maybe it's gonna like suddenly you know maybe 15 years ago if you told me that I would do all of these things to myself in terms of like beauty treatments or whatever or hair extensions or I would have been like I'll never do that I don't need to do that but yet I do it and I'm sitting here now going yeah I don't feel the need to like adjust my body and show it off to the world as if that's how I look when I clearly don't maybe in 10 years time that's exactly what I'll be doing. That's true. That's true. And, and it'll think, creep up on me. And yeah. And I think, I mean, the important thing, I, I do think it's cool that you say, like, you do these things for yourself. Like, I definitely, um, yeah, I've got some plans in the near future to go to uh, a, a uh, medical spa, a doctor again, and get some, like, facial treatments done. Um, just because I, you know, I actually, I had that goal back when I was like, it was something like, oh, when I turn 30, I'm going to start getting regular facials. And then that became like, oh yeah, I don't have the money for that. When I turn 40, I'm definitely going to start doing more stuff like that. Um, and I've kind of lagged. And yesterday I was at a birthday party with, um, a wonderful friend who bless her heart just turned 30 and is, is starting, uh, a 
a huge skin red like a new skin regimen that's been her thing in the last little while doing that and also adding in botox prevent preventative botox right um and so we were having a a mildly intoxicated conversation about <laughs> about that and i was like wow i was like i'm 12 years older than her and right and i'm like oh i, I haven't I, should i have started doing that earlier like should i start doing it now um and and on some level, the answer is like, yes, like I want to do more things like that. Like um, I've done Botox once and I, it was a hilarious battle in my head about whether or not I wanted to do it. Um, what was the battle about? Well, the battle was just like, right? Like I think I, as much as we're told we need to look a certain way or like there's a cultural pressure to look a certain way and do stuff like this, there's also this other side that is like, you know, I, I would say things like botulism, which is what Botox is made of, is literally like one of the most deadliest neurotoxins on the planet. And we've somehow harnessed it to inject it into our faces. And I was like, that's weird. Should I be okay with that? And then the flip side is like, that's really cool technology. Like if we've actually managed to do that and make it safe and like, then, then why not? Right? Like, well, I've been, so. I've been doing it for six and a half years. Yeah. I'm still alive. And as far as I'm aware, I don't have any and weird. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. That's why I'm sort of like, I also had that thing of like, I wish I'd started it five, six years ago. Well, I think like, like my, that was like, I actually started it because of, migraines like I wanted it to right, try and be a right. migraine treatment exactly. and honestly yeah. like yeah. the first the first person I had done once in England before I moved to the US and the first lady who did it to me I don't know how oh, you had a bad experience she was right? but she and I ended up with like a Jack Nicholson style eyebrow that kind of was like triangular nice. yeah <laughs> and I was like Huh. And she said to me, you know, one thing, like it's, it can be an effective migraine treatment in some people, mm-hmm. but you will get hooked on like the look, meaning yeah. like no, like no ability to wrinkle your forehead. And when I first like when it, cause it takes, you know, you don't really see much for a couple of days, day three, usually for me, it starts to kick in. Yeah. But it day was cool. Five, the transformation of like pretty, oh. like yeah. <laughs> it's, it's taken effect. Yeah. And so, you know, by day two, I was like, I've been ripped off. This this doesn't work. <laughs> and then day three, I woke up and I was like, oh, weird. I can't seem to move my eyebrows. And then like the weird eyebrow, because I've got a weird wrinkle just above my right eyebrow, I think, or my left. I can't remember. But it's it's one that you can't really Botox away without messing Possibly your facial messing features up. Your, up. Your, yeah. And so I think she had tried. And by day five, when it had really like set in, I was like, yikes. I don't know about this. Um, so really, like, the, it comes down for that treatment, finding a, a really good person yeah, who knows yeah. what they're doing and doesn't turn you into Jack Nicholson. But, right. like, it's what that nurse said. Absolutely. I mean, I still do it. I would say I now do it for both, like, migraine slash headache relief because I have a very expressive face and I tend to scrunch it up really hard. Mm -hmm. So if I'm tense and my face is all scrunched up, then I tend to like hold a lot of tension like in my head and I can't do that when my forehead is frozen. But I'm also very much when that stuff starts to wear off and I can really like, it's not even so much the lines, but the fact that like my skin is obviously aged. I spent 15 years out in weather on the ocean being a poor sailor so there's like some kind of level of skin damage. 
so it's not as smooth that when I have the ability to wrinkle my forehead and my skin looks kind of like crepey, <laughs> it makes me feel super duper old. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, wow, that nurse was right. Like I literally, when I can move my forehead, I'm like, yeah. <gasps> oh, yikes. Yeah, and I mean, I, I but do. But again, I it's pictures. still like I do it for me so that I exactly, can look in the mirror and exactly. be like, yay. I look at pictures of myself, so I have like a really like big smile, right? So the crow's feet are like my laugh lines around my, my mouth and my eyes. I definitely, I look at pictures now and I look at pictures of me like 10, 15 years ago and I'm like, oh, that's different. Like my face is so much more scrunched up when I smile. Um, and you know, so I, and I see in some ways I'm like, well, that means like I've, you know, hopefully lived like a joyful life. If I've smiled that much to like give myself those kind of wrinkles that, that tells a story about my life. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I also kind of look at pictures from 10, 15 years ago and I'm like, I wish I looked that young still. So it's, it's, I have the same, I have a kind of toss up of like you were sort of saying, Yours was about, like, this is a crazy toxin that I'm putting in my body. Is this the right? <laughs> That's the academic like, in me where I'm like, I'm I just like, can't get around that. <laughs> like, talk, you know, like you said, faces, you know, you tell they tell a story, right? So sailing is a huge part of my mm-hmm. story. And, like, how when I look at my hands and they're all weather beaten and no, I have not and would not ever, like, have some kind of hand treatment, like, fat grafts into my hands. <laughs> that is true. There's, some, the there's some crazy stuff you can do I with it. I really like, hope I'm not. Like, I don't go down that path. Hey, we're going to see when it t- comes time Ten for you to get time. Your, your knee lift. <laughs> when <laughs> knee lift, hand lift. Hannah gets her knee lift and filler injected <laughs> in the back of her hands or something. Yeah, probably never say never. But hopefully, you know, like my hands are noticeably older than the rest of my arms. But I kind of, it's weird because like for some reason the hands are acceptable. You know, I'd prefer them to look a little younger, but my yeah. hands have a story. But when it comes to my face, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. There's like, it's cool that there's the story. And in some ways, by like injecting stuff into my face that freezes it up, it mm-hmm. kind of takes the edge off that story. But at the same time, <laughs> the of that story. it's kind of nice to look at myself and be like, yeah. oh, I feel kind of fresh. I mean, I'm curious, like back to like the, the social media, like the people we've been talking about, because I think it's like... Um, you know, we talked about it in the implicit assessment one, like the bias uh, episode of like some people I follow on social media and like Lizzo and Meg Boggs is certainly one of these people. She has this like thank you body kind of campaign where she, um, yeah, like kind of like Lizzo did, like kind of rubs her belly in the morning, like hugs her body, thanks her body for being her home and for being this container for all the amazing things she's done. And I think that's a similar thing of like your body tells a story, it's taken care of you. And that's a huge piece of the like, body positivity movement um but i'm it's interesting or i'd be curious to know like how many what what those women are doing to their faces right because like i think there seems to be a bit of a divide at the neck as well of like you can love your body for what it does and accept it and work toward body neutrality and also still want botox and facelifts and fillers from the neck up, right? Like, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting that like our vanity is sometimes, right? Like even if we get to a point where we're like, I'm totally focused on what my body can do and appreciating it rather than what my body looks like, but, but, our, face, into my face. but our face is somehow <laughs> a different thing, right? It's, di- it's a different part of our body. And, and so there's this, well, that's this the thing, like, change. You can, 
you can cover your body up. Even if you feel like, I, I appreciate it for what it can do. Yeah. You know, I'm, but like you have a day where you're like, I don't know if I really like this bit. You can generally find a piece of clothing to cover that up or like mm-hmm. flatter it somehow. Yeah, that's true. Like, or, you know, lift it With somehow. Your face, like your your face hair is kind of like or... your window to the world. Like you can't walk around with a bag over your face. I yeah. mean, you could, but. I mean, you could. <laughs> that might not go so well for you (laughs) but I think like my personal and what I hope I can stick to is that as long as I'm doing stuff and I'm not averse to like plastic surgery and like facials of all different descriptions and like Botox and stuff like that if for me I'm doing it for me yeah Exactly. The day that I ever feel like I want to do something because I want to look, I want to keep up with somebody that I see based off of a picture that I don't know if it's real yeah, or that I feel like I should look a certain way or I should have certain features in order to fit in mm-hmm. with a particular group, then that becomes like my line of like, no, yeah, no. Yeah, and I think that's what, like everyone kind of has that line, right? Let they figure out themselves. Because it's true, I feel the same. I don't feel like there's anyone in my social media feeds or that I'm regularly exposed to where I those decisions are based on that other person or you know what that look is. Um, like, thank God I don't pay any attention to the Kardashians on a regular no. basis. Um, but yeah, so I think as long as it comes down to fitting in with those like, all right, does it work with my core values of if it's just for me um, rather than for the external world? And It's like you if know. you came to me tomorrow and you're like, okay, I think I'm going to, I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've done my research. I found the doctor that I want and I really want to get some like a little filler in my lips and in my cheeks because it's going to do this and it's been like something that I really just is bothering me and I just think it's going to yeah look good on me and make me feel better. Go for it. Yeah. If you're like, I want to inject a shitload of filler into my lips because everyone down in like Orange County is doing it. Right. I want to fit in. (laughs) Then I'd be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's like, that's going down that path of like, where's the end? Like, where does that stop? Yeah. And I think that's like what we were, uh, this, this, uh, the research you pulled on this dove what's the dove campaign called? so so in the we've talked one of our early episodes um we mentioned about one of the original dove campaigns where they were one of the first to feature um women of all different shapes and sizes and skin colors and tones and at the time i remember i was honest about it i was like whoa why would we want to look at that like because all i'd ever really looked at in advertising was just the body of a supermodel yep like I don't want to look like that but now it's pretty cool and now I I found the other day that Dove has a new campaign all based around trying to help teach kids about being positive about themselves and not Mm -hmm. paying too much attention to what they're seeing on social media and they produced this 32 page pdf called the confidence kit and it's all about kind of helping parents to help their kids yeah, as they grow cool. up, navigate social media and start to learn and understand that what they're looking at is not reality. Yeah. And then if they don't have, they, like, especially as they hit kind of teenage years where they start to change and turn into adults, if they're not changing into these 
Instagram perfect, impossibly yeah. shaped looking. I mean, it, there's pictures of boys and girls in this document. It feels sort of, I've, I've kind of skim read it. It feels like it's slightly more directed towards girls. I'm sure it is because there's a section on bullying and I do think cyberbullying what I remember when I first started learning about it is is unfortunately the biggest perpetrators are like women or girls age like ten to twelve. It's like crazy. It's it's much more skews towards girls. But but what was the statistic in there about like how many pictures, how many attempted photos girls take before they post? So just the first statistic is not enough coffee. <laughs> so this this new project by or this project, I don't know how new it is, the confidence kit. With this project, Dove are aiming to help more than 250 million young people around the world build their self-esteem um, through like body confidence education. Um, they define self-esteem as our overall judgment of our self-worth and body confidence as how we think and feel about the way we look and what our bodies can do. And then scrolling down in the document, it says 34% of teenagers spend at least three hours a day scrolling on their feeds. So wow. if you were to assume that like their day is, you know, even 12 to 15 hours long of like conscious that's a awake lot of time, time, that's like a quarter of their day Could is be, spent yeah. being exposed to images of people that are just not real. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that goes back to what we talked about with exposure, right? Like if, if following people like Lizzo can like change my own implicit biases just through exposure to different body types and stuff, right? Like I wonder how much, how much those, those kids are, are consciously curating a feed. And as teenagers, like I remember as a teenager, how influential I was and I didn't have social media to be exposed. to. Absolutely. You're so impressionable. And it's like, I was getting it from television shows primarily. So the next statistic they have, 80% of girls say they compare the way they look to other people on social media. Wow. So when you're an impressionable young teen, you're not looking out for that video of one of the Kardashians that glitches a tiny bit that might give an adult a kind of hint that what they're looking at is not real. I mean, there's plenty of adults that would still be like impressionable by that. But 80% of those girls would be looking at something that is simply not real and probably not even attainable yeah. without some severe surgery or an app. Yeah, or just yeah, And believing yeah. that that is the way that you should look. 25% of girls think that they don't, that 25% of girls think that they don't think they look good enough without photo editing. Hmm. I mean, that's interesting too, because they're, then they're like, they're aware that editing is an option, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if they're saying that it's like, yeah, oh, absolutely. I would post my pictures, but only if I edited them somehow. And I mean, I can't imagine like our world must've been so much more simple. I mean, can you it imagine being a was. teenager now? And like, you've got, Firstly, you've got a freaking iPhone that gives you access to the world. Right. You're like all over, so your life needs to be posted to social media constantly. But now you can't just take a picture and put it up on on social media. You've now got to edit it so you look a certain way. And then what kind of anxiety must you get if you've continuously edited yourself to look a certain way and then you go on vacation or something with a group of friends knowing that 
you don't actually look yeah. like that. And yeah. maybe, or maybe that results in you actually never going anywhere because you can't reveal the real you. And then this next statistic, girls take on average up to 14 selfies in an attempt to get the right look before choosing one to post. Wow. Just think about the time that that now takes out of your day. So you're already scrolling for like three hours out of your day, just looking at other stuff. You've now got to obviously keep up with your, your posts continual social time. media posts. You're taking at least 14 pictures every single time. And even when you do pick one, 25% of you are going to be like, well, I can't post that till I've facetuned it or whatever app yeah. is being used. That's like that's why I mostly a just full time job pictures of like, you know, my champagne brunch or uh, other things. <laughs> but that's a full time job. That is. It is. I mean, I, 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 it blows my mind. Like, and the, like you said, like these, these, this is just average kids, right? This is not, they're not influencers themselves. They're not making a, a, a job yet out of social media, which a lot of people do now, right? Being an influencer can be a full time job. Um, and yeah, it, that's, it's amazing. When I, when I read, I sort of skimmed the document as well. And what, what I, one of the things I thought was so interesting was that they're framing this kind of conversation the same way as like when parents need to talk to their kids about sex and consent and puberty, like, right? Like this is now such a big part of kids' lives that parents need to think of it on that level of like, okay, well, at a certain point you need to have this talk with your kids and now body image, right? And and selfies and bullying, like I think they call it the selfie talk, like mm -hmm. um, that this is something that parents need to think about in the same way as like other pretty major conversations. Like, you know, like kids have iPhones from a pretty young age now. Oh God, yes. I, I think kids so I like, think, like people, kids have phones and I don't know, I'm not a parent, but like from what I kind of seen, kids seem to have phones before they're even like into their teenage years. So at what age do you have to start these conversations I... to make your kids aware that the world that they're viewing through this phone mm -hmm. isn't really real? And then how messed up does that make a child when like we like I'm as bad as the next person like you you rely on your phone for not just communication but like information yeah. constantly. Yeah. And then how confusing is it as a kid who's already trying to navigate just growing up and learning the world and learning who mm -hmm. the heck you are and growing into your changing body that now you've got to be like navigating what's real and what's not real. That's messed up. It is. <laughs> I was, like I, Many times while skimming through this and reading sections of it, I thought, gosh, I'm kind of glad I don't have kids. Like the world, mm -hmm. the world today just seems so much harder to navigate. I mean, when I was a kid, I was... Um, only bullied a little bit, but it was in person. It was to my face. There was no cyber bullying. <laughs> like it didn't exist. Um, and so, right. Like even that is just a, such a different thing. Um, I would have to go to school and look over at the cool kids to compare myself to them. Right. Like I, I didn't have the option of anything other than television shows. And I think I've mentioned before that probably some of my body awareness came from like, 
watching 90210, right? Like seeing yeah. like this ideal body type of like California like teenagers um, in bikinis on the beach. But, but, you know, then I was also watching like Saved by the Bell and probably some shows that didn't focus on body image too much, except for the fabulous episode about eating disorders and taking uppers to lose weight. That was a great episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I can't even imagine what kids these days I deal mean, with that we do not. You know? Literally scrolling through, like as you're talking, I'm scrolling through this um, this Dove confidence kit. And I feel like it's kind of useful even if you don't have kids. Like if you're oh, for yeah. teachers, for anybody who spends, like aunts, uncles, whatever, anybody who spends any time around young people, mm-hmm. just like thinking about how you address this, but also everything that you say because if they're already living in this world where they're seeing i mean honestly when i look at some of these pictures that i know are clearly edited or Mm -hmm. have been done through an app it's not what i aspire to look like most of the time right but because it'd be exhausting to attempt that (laughs) yeah i've got more important things to do in life but just like thinking about the number of times that i say things that I've said for years without much thought mm-hmm. that when that, if somebody nearby was trying to navigate all of this other stuff, that sentence or that phrase could be the very thing that makes them be like, Oh yeah, I can't possibly post this photo mm-hmm. or like, yeah, I'm not the right cheap or I'm not beautiful or I don't have the right size, this or that yeah. or whatever. And I love like there was, there's a big yellow box in this document that says, We need to teach our children that beauty is a state of mind. If we value ourselves, it doesn't matter what the world says. We can walk with confidence. And it goes into talking about body talk and how 93% of women engage in body talk. Words can have a huge impact on our self-esteem and constantly talking negatively about our bodies can reinforce the idea that there is only one type of body shape that is beautiful. It's a pattern we have to break if we want our children to grow up to be confident about the bodies that they've got. I'm so glad I don't have kids. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, it, it all this kind of stuff applies to us, right? I mean, I feel like we've already had, you know, one guest on the podcast, a mom talking about how, you know, what it's like to realize that like, you know, young girls are, are watching you. They're looking at what you're doing. They're looking at what you model. And I think, you know, we've got, I've, I've got nephews, um, but I also have, you know, quasi nieces, like young, you know, my, my friends who have had daughters and right. I mean, people are watching us, I guess, even if there aren't our own kids. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, you know, if you're using the behavior to model to kids, that's one thing, but I feel like a lot of this stuff is just good for us. Like, oh yeah, the um, the Meg Boggs, the the woman we were talking about that I follow on Instagram, she has this like um, eight week kind of summer feel good summer challenge, and like a couple of the things that she recommends, like some of the challenge pieces, are like one, just being aware of self talk, like not not doing anything other than noticing, like how do you think about your own body, how do you talk to yourself about your own body. Um, and you know, the, the whole gratitude, have some gratitude for your body and express that. And we've talked about that. I mean, that's what I did. You basically told me to do that when I did the scale, right? Mm -hmm. Every day, instead of stepping on that scale, 
I was meant to write down something I was grateful for for my body. And like, you know, that's something I haven't put out on social media, but I could just as easily put that out there, right? Like engage in that publicly, share that gratitude. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, I don't think I'm going to do that. But I can imagine if I had kids or if I had more of like followers, maybe that were younger people or something like that, that that would be an interesting way to kind of model that, right? For I just keep thinking about the amount of time invested in trying to present yourself as something that you're not. And whenever you're doing something, you're not doing something else, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So kind of almost like sort of you ditch the scale and you have your gratitude journal instead. It's like, this is probably more of a practice for adults than kids. But if you have, mm -hmm. if you have kids, that may be a good thing to try. Like if you find yourself, if you are like a Facetune user or any of these apps, like yep. the next time you go to like spend some time trying to edit your face or your body or whatever bit of you don't like, catch yourself and Rather than do that, use that time to do something else that's more productive. Yeah. Or something that, I don't know, we work towards being able to go something that makes you feel good. So that perhaps yeah. you don't need to to feel the urge to edit every single part of your feature. I mean, I'd be really intrigued to start an Instagram account, account and just like every post would be like a side-by-side -side of Instagram. Yep. Instagram versus and reality. And I mean, so many people do that. I There's mean, that, yeah. who is that amazing comedian? I'm blanking on her name right now, but she totally does that. She's like, I think she's Australian or maybe, but anyway, she like will post a side-by-side -side and it's like some ad she's seen, like a video of like some perfect model in a bikini on the beach, like in the surf. And then the next one is her video trying to reenact the same oh, absurd like scenario. And it's amazing because you really realize like how unattainable those things are. Um, or even like when you see the few people that actually, you know, have developed a whole Instagram presence of like impossibly perfect locations mm -hmm. and pictures and mm -hmm. no lumps and bumps anywhere to be seen when they actually do if they do ever like post a behind the scenes shot yeah and you realize it's it's not even close like sometimes yeah. like the background that you're seeing was never there yeah and I, the lumps and bumps were definitely there <laughs> i've done i mean i've done it with travel photos right that, that's always the joke in national park feeds like uh, last year we did a road trip. We went to a bunch of national parks in like Utah and Wyoming and Nevada. And we went to Arches, right? Amazing national park in Southeastern Utah. And, um, there are these really iconic arches, right? These rock formations and you get up super early and you hike in and you're like, I'm going to get the most perfect shot of this arch with the sunrise and you get there and it's just swarming with people. Like you cannot get an iconic photo with without people in it, random other people like eating lunches, you know, like snacking all their, like, you know, it is not at all what you see. But still people will do that. They'll find that perfect vantage point where they can get the arch without anyone else. And I did that once I had in my story, like Instagram versus reality. And it was like, here's this 
perfectly you know curated photo of this arch a lot of times you just have to go find it off the internet from a professional photographer because you're not going to experience it that way and then the reality for jeff and i was sitting around with about 150 other people trying to kind of enjoy the view but mostly just being annoyed that there were so many other people there so it's like we do it even you know not with our bodies we do it with our travel experiences and with you know a lot of other parts of life um yeah so we dabble we dabble in like unreality a lot i think um on instagram which is why i've taken to only really posting the books i read it keeps it simple and it influences people you know sometimes they they pick up the same books i've read but uh yeah it's a lot less fraught i don't i don't i don't have to worry about what the book covers look like or (laughs) i wonder if this i mean i know like it's nowhere else in the animal kingdom do they have phones and social media and stuff like that but i wonder if this goes on to any degree in like any other life form apart from humans i mean those birds of paradise they put on some pretty spectacular shows and they like transform their bodies with feathers and stuff but i mean like (laughs) yeah mating rituals in other species maybe are similar (laughs) because they don't look like that all the time it's only in special moments Birds are... Oh, birds aren't real. That's right. Never birds mind. Aren't I forget. Real. Birds you aren't real. You don't think real. birds are real. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, back to the beginning when I mentioned about confidence. Like, this... It would be so easy and, and for people who are vulnerable or, like, just different times of life, seeing stuff on social media could very easily wreck your confidence. But I think it's important for everybody, parent teacher, coach, or, you know, for all of us to just start to just be aware of what we're seeing and how we might mm-hmm. be contributing to it. And like, I kind of think I want to share more of like before, not before and after, sorry, of like Instagram versus reality stuff. Yeah. Just because I think the more it's seen that perhaps maybe like not the generation that's currently going through teenage years now who are like hung up on everything a Kardashian does but perhaps like the next generation of kids can be like oh yeah I mean cool but it's not real right right because that's the thing I think you know there's a probably you know like anything I think the important thing is being aware of it not being taken in by the fact that it you know thinking it's real and it's like it is fun to like play with these things like I don't ever want to and I think like if I was to ever get one of these apps and just make my face all weird or like change my body <laughs> I would absolutely make a point of being like this is not real this is this is just like a the the cyber version yeah so I me. I just I just I opened my phone and I realized I totally have facetune facetune 2 is on my phone and I found that headshot this is clearly the only picture I've ever been so there's the headshot is that before that's the before and then that's after. See how it just like softened like so you, everything on my face. So you don't have to do anything. You can just press a button and it I does think it automatically. I, I, I assume so. But I, because I saw I mean, one. there are, I think there are things like retouch. I think I can do maybe, yeah. See, I can, oh my gosh, I can make Ginger myself smile. No way. <gasps> oh, that's creepy. That is really. <laughs> okay, I just, sorry, I have to, we're not on video here. I just, this little slider bar came up. 
I just clicked on this icon that said smirk and then this little slider bar where I could, I wasn't really smiling that much. And by sliding this bar across, I now have a complete, like that's a freaky joker like smile that I just gave myself. But it kind of still looks weirdly natural because it just... It does. And okay. it's like changed your whole like eyes. I look like a serial killer. This That's horrid. Because the one I saw demonstrated the other day, like it, it, was, it was a video altering app. And you could literally change anything you wanted to. You could change the size of your arms. You could like take your waist in. You could like... what? what I can change you... the width of my <gasps> face. Weird. Okay, this is very weird. This app is kind of freaking me out um but it's that easy apparently yeah you're like you're not a professional photographer not at all in any way shape or form you have no experience using photoshop or things like that and yet with a couple of slides or a click of a button you could completely change your face i mean there are eyebrow settings eyebrow nose eyes lips Wow. So I can give myself a nose job. I just gave myself a nose job. Weird. Don't do that. No. Don't ever do that. I mean, I could make it really wide too if I wanted to. Weird. That okay. is very strange. Well. So actually, intriguingly, <laughs> now you just had a quick play with that. Yeah. And obviously, you know, if you spent more time on it, I'm sure you would figure out exactly how your nose best looks and what width of face suits you the best. But when any of those things that you could just alter, did you prefer no. the look? No, or I went are you I, no, much happier with just... everything looked weird. But I think that's kind of an interesting psychologically. I think we just we can adjust to what we think looks weird or not, right? There's definitely cases where people. I think we've all seen this in the celebrity world where maybe someone we we like, a celebrity, has gotten like what we think of as too much work done. Do you remember when Renee Zellweger, after she like... Right? The Bridget Jones Diaries where, you know, she had obviously gained some weight for that role too. Mm -hmm. But like, you knew what she looked like. And then she showed up, I think at some country music awards. And people were like, what happened to her? Yeah. I remember, I was still living in England at the time and it was on the front of like a gossip magazine and her name was blazoned everywhere with this picture of this woman. And I was like, is that her? Yeah. Why are they, why is Renee Zellweger's name underneath this woman? Cause that's not her. <laughs> and then I looked closer and like, I had to stare a mm-hmm. lot. And then you could just about see that yep. there was some resemblance left, but she had totally changed her yep. face. I remember, I mean, for me, it was uh, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. Yeah, she, she got a she nose job. Her career? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it like ruined her career because I, I don't know if she had much like was doing much at that point. But I just remember that was the first one I remember where she got a nose job and it was just all over the media, like mm-hmm. how radically different she had made herself look. And then there was like Meg Ryan, another like beloved, you know, eighties oh, actress. Her lips. She got she got a lot of like filler done and stuff like that. And so. But the thing is, this is like the point is that they've done, they've done psychological and like sociological research on people who get plastic surgery. And we, we see it as like, whoa, whoa, they've gone too far. But like when they look in the mirror, they legitimately believe they look better, right? It's the same as anorexia. When we talk about like people who look in the mirror and they are already so skinny, but their brain actually tells them like that they're fat. Right? So like I remember the a... interview, like back in England, there was a show, um, 
Parkinson, I think. Michael Parkinson, I think that was his name. He was like a famous interviewer, like really good, like celebrity interviewer. And Meg Ryan was on the show to be interviewed. And it was right. Oh, like her lips were so big, you know, yeah. talking was problematic. Yeah. And of course, it was like at the time where it had been all over the news, like, what has she done to herself? What's happening? And he straight up asked questions about like why she had done this to herself or, you know, like what was the thinking? And I mean, it was one of the most awkward interviews ever because you could clearly see she was like mad about being asked about this. And she just sat there and like stared straight ahead, barely even blinked. and was like, I haven't done anything to myself. Like I have this, this is all nonsense. And it was kind of wild. So it was like, you know, if you do, going back to like what I was saying, like, I'm not against people doing stuff right, themselves. Right. If it makes them feel if good. If it makes them feel, yeah. And, like, I would always be happy to be like, sure, yeah, I got a knee lift. You know, I'm happy. <laughs> You're right. And, I mean, I in a way, I don't think it's, I, I, and I, it, I and would I, defend her in that. I don't think it's fair for her to, like, go into an interview to be potentially blindsided. I mean, I don't, I don't know if she was not expecting any of those questions. Like... I mean, I think but, she was because it was all over the news about like right. how yeah. she had, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there was a lot of other stuff going on in her life, but it was front and center of like right. celebrity news was about how she had gone through this changing of face process and like why. And, and at the time it was fairly early on in the days of lip filler and a lot of, you know, there were a few right. cases where it had gone horribly wrong. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. There was this other <laughs> British actress, I think her name was Leslie, somebody who had had lip filler and it had just blown up and she had these gigantic it lips. just went wrong oh gosh um, you know like the if i thought the like drooling and stuff was an issue the first week i wore my aligners i should could only imagine how awkward yeah. it would be to have these humongous lips yeah. um so it was kind of like like nowadays getting lip filler is you know any other every other person's probably had dabbled in lip filler like certainly out where we live but like back then, it was still like it a, was still relatively new. Whoa! Right. Yeah. What are you doing to yourself? Yeah. But she was in complete denial that she had had anything done to herself at all, even beyond mm. having lip fillers. Like, would not admit to, or it was almost like she, and maybe she was just feeling defensive because she was sick of people talking about it. Yeah. But it's like if you do something like that to yourself, just own it. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like that. That's how I feel with stuff like Botox or other kinds of facials or peels or something like um when I do that like I just it's true like I just want to be honest about doing it because I think that's important again like the modeling better behavior like it's important for people to know that your forehead naturally wrinkles as you get older (laughs) and yes there are things you can do to like prevent that and 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 mitigate that but it is a medical intervention, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, so I mean, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever hide it when I do it kind of thing. Yeah. There we go. So parents, you're amazing. You're amazing. You've got yeah. a lot of work to do with the yeah. next generation. I think, I mean, like you said, it comes down to all of us and, and the language that we use and how we talk about ourselves because it's heard by mm-hmm. other people. Absolutely. And it may not even be a kid that picks up on what you're saying. It could be another vulnerable adult that's standing yeah. right near to you that suddenly goes, oh, well, if you think that about you, then yeah. what should I think about me? And, you know, Instagram, kind of take it with a pinch of salt. It's not... Absolutely. It's likely that there's a, you know, a hint of not reality, <laughs> unreality, whatever you call it, 
but don't get hung up on it. And I, it's like anything that seems too good to be true probably is. Absolutely. Like yeah. anybody, anybody's feed who, you know, they seem impossibly beautiful and impossibly lucky and impossibly wealthy. Probably is impossible. <laughs> in, in just like impossibly quote unquote perfect because quite a lot of these lives is not what I would consider a perfect life. Yeah. It's probably not true because humans just aren't made like that. We're made with imperfections and we're made with bad days and we're made with like, you know, lives that sometimes have lots of luck and sometimes we're down on our luck and it's how it works. And nobody has this perfect, perfect, non-blemished, non-lumpy. Right. <laughs> perfect faces, perfect Happy hair. existence. <laughs> Stress-free, wonderful existence. I think I'm going to delete this face tune app. That just freaked me out, just even looking at what... <laughs> what it just, just freaks me out the thought that, like, in the beginning, it's a shock. But then, like, your co-worker, it, it you could end normal. up being like, hang on, I'm not going to post this till Every... I've just tweaked my nose and made my face, like, a yep. little bit thinner. If I start seeing pictures of you looking weird... You're going to know. I'm going to call you out. You're totally going to know. And I think, I think actually, that, that that's going to be my takeaway from this, is, like, I'm going to pay attention to just... Not that, not that we post a ton of things that I think would be problematic, but even just... Like the things we say, right? Like at the gym or like be aware of like, oh, I wonder how that would make the person next to me feel if they heard me say that about my body or because I think that's kind of the awareness part for me, I think, is is uh, being aware of the, the self-talk and the self-talk that sometimes other people overhear. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with that being said, that was episode 16. Thank you again for listening. Feel free to share. Give us a shout out. Hit us up with any questions and we'll see you again next time.